sex matters, period. What? 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 Really? <laughs> I'm Judy. I'm Patricia. And this is the Sex Matters Podcast. Patricia, a sexual authenticity coach and a Jersey girl turned Minnesotan, and I, Judy, a health educator, advocate, and podcaster, a lifelong Minnesota girl, get together and talk about sex. We're recording. We're recording. Hello. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm great. (laughs) Not really, but you know, whatever. So I'm here and I'm happy to be here. That's a, that's a a blessing. That's a wonderful thing. So doing the podcast is always, uh, it's a nice invisible thread that goes through our schedules, I think. And we fit it in where we can, as we can. Yeah, you know, we just keep it rolling <laughs> as it goes and right. see what happens. But well, and it always—it's you know, always nice to talk to you and exactly. to talk to our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a so, fun space to be in. Right, and our last episode was about to gag or not to gag, and apparently we had a listener we have question, a follow-up question. Yes. So the yeah. question was: Do the ball gags make you? gag like are they what you know maybe maybe one of the questions we can answer is what are the ball gags meant for in all of their varied ways of being used Mm -hmm. okay so the the talk about gag or not to gag was more specifically about the sound associated with giving a blowjob where you gag on a guy's cock that was that was kind of where that came from where it Mm -hmm. kind of originated. Now, the ball gag question is a great question because it's something that's foreign being put in your mouth. And if you have a high gag reflex, you would probably gag. But the the idea of the ball gag is to keep things from entering your mouth and to keep things from coming out of your mouth, such as words. <laughs> usually the ball gag, usually, usually the ball gag is meant to shut you up. It's meant as a gag and it's in the shape of a ball. That's, I mean, that's really so that you can still breathe around it. You can still drool and, and look all sexy and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of uh, that taboo kind of kinky look or whatever, but it really is meant usually to shut you up or to just, it can stimulate a lot of drool because of having your mouth and your tongue kind of engaged. But the thing that I was um, most curious about is, again, the intention behind the use of the ball gag. If someone's just using the ball gag in, if your partner wants you to wear a ball gag to shut you up, a smaller gag is all that's necessary. If they're really looking to induce gagging because they like the drool, they like the gag sound, they like the fact that you're having something that's like messing with your tongue and all that kind of jazz, a bigger ball gag would probably be used. Um, But again, the comfort in your mouth, the size of your mouth, all that kind of stuff all plays into that as well. Usually when you see the ball gags, they fall over somewhere around your lips and your teeth and they're not really meant to be back in your mouth back on like resting on your tongue where a natural gag reflex would happen Mm -hmm. 
you can always use other things like, oh, oh, you know, we were talking about um, some people use ropes, some people use panties, some people use ties, some people use uh, tape, some people, I mean, like there's lots of things you can use to, to create silence mm -hmm. or gagging for that matter. <laughs> so the question of gagging or not to gag was more about, it was more about do the guys like it? Do they like the sound of it? And is it something about the, um, about the visual or the, uh, or the ego stroke or whatever about it? And what is it that they're afraid of, which is a, like that you're going to puke on them or that you're uncomfortable or whatever. If it's a guy who doesn't like the gag sound, putting a gag in your mouth so that you're just quiet, I'd say that they'd probably want to use a smaller gag. Seems fair so. and reasonable. And like, well, like you said, um, when we were talking of the whole, when you're inducing the saliva and all of that, 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 you know, it's also good to be aware of somebody getting dehydrated and being in that space too long. Yeah, yeah. And also, I just want to say that, you know, when you're giving a blowjob and you're, you're, you're thinking to yourself, do I, do I shove this down my throat or not? I mean, does that really pass your brain? Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, and sometimes it's just something that happens. And sometimes you get some assist on your head from your partner because they, they like the sensation or they're encouraging you to, um, you know, it is completely in your control and you, you should be discussing consent and discussing, you know, all these kind of things before this happens. But I understand that in the heat of the moment, in the passion of a moment, uh, sometimes split second decisions are made. And, but as, as the person receiving the cock, you do have the ability to wrap your hand around the cock, to pull your hand, you know, if you're not restrained. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> if uh, you have the ability to use your teeth to make it stop. I mean, there are ways where you can just like have a hard no and you're just like, eh, I'm done. You know, don't, I don't want people to think that they have to do that to please a man ever. So consent wise, obviously use your second throat, use your, your upper vagina to, to speak your words and your, and your consent and all that kind of stuff that, that vagina in your throat that has voice, use that first. But then if you need to use your hand or use your teeth to say, Hey, not okay. I'm, I'm not doing that. Or yeah. Right. right. So. Yeah. And I think that is a really important piece is the, is the consent piece. Cause that can save go... the teeth for the end. Save the teeth <laughs> as a last resort. <laughs> right. We seriously don't want to go Lorena Bobbitt and, yeah, you know, no. do that, but it doesn't take much teeth to make a man stop. Right. Either, so. Yeah. I was, was going to say that. I was going to say the whole, if you're using your teeth, be gentle. Cause it doesn't take much to to cause and then great... crank it up right <laughs> <laughs> and if they're not listening yeah. yeah and 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 uh stormy daniels had a very astute um uh, a very astute uh con um what am i trying to say not concept um observation around ball gags oh yes the safe word waffle does not, does not work, work with a ball gag in your mouth <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. If you're using a ball gag, you need to have a tap system or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Something beyond thumbs the up, safe thumbs word down. Well. Yeah. Uh, usually taps are good. You know, a one or two or a scratch. Like, well, scratches can be 
Yeah, usually a tap is is good, like a one, two, three, or some some sort of alternate way to communicate that. <laughs> a number really of important. grunts if you can't yeah. speak. <laughs> right, right. Don't do the eye roll. Don't do that sort of stuff. You know, that's not going to get you anywhere. So yeah, the tap is really a good one for that. So yeah, that's yes. but it's a lot of it, a lot of it just kind of, and it, and it can go with the flow, which is what we're going to talk about today. I think we're going to talk more about um, what it looks like at various times in our relationships to approach these things. Because, you know, when we talked about the gagging thing, um, oftentimes in the beginning of a relationship where it's really passionate and stuff, people will engage in females will engage in blowjobs much more often and then as they get older or things change or they have a problem or an issue or there's stress or there's children or whatever else the blowjob kind of gets put to the wayside and the guys are lucky if they get to dip their dipstick every once in a while because life just kind of takes over and I you know we grow, we continue to grow, we continue to change. That's part of, that's part of life. It is uh, one of the only things that is constant is change. So uh, the fact that we change as individuals and partners, that our relationships change, all that kind of stuff is completely normal. Um, the sense of completion, the idea that you've got something perfect and it's going to stay this way all the time and this is the way it's going to be forever is really a farce it's not it ha you know love making like everything else needs to be fostered in relationship and it's not just it's not just about the bedroom it's not just about um it's not just about that all the time. I know we talk about sex for sex sake. We've talked about that before. And yes, there is a time and place for that in people's lives. Absolutely. There's also times to be reflective. There's also times to be alone. There's also times to stand up for yourself. There's, there's lots of different times and phases we go through in life. And I guess I just want to give validation to people who are in different places that might be listening who aren't open to the idea of sex for sex sake or, mm -hmm. or they're not with a partner right now and enjoying the oral throat pong, whatever, you know, um, there's, there's just, there are different ebbs and flows that happen in, in relationships and stuff too. So, yeah. And then just in our lives, I mean, you think of, of, um, our lives, our day to day. It's like I'm our lives. Yeah, <laughs> my gosh. Just yeah, we well we right right, and you just think of how things kind of go, or or the 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 you know like you said, there's different times in relationships, and there's different times in our lives if we're not in a relationship. Or how do we feel about sex and sexuality in relationships, and what do we want out of the relationship? Right, like sometimes it's. Um, yeah, I was just listening to somebody talking about, you know, I'm, I'm a sexual person, but I really want the intimacy of connection and touch. And I, you know, and that's something that I can certainly have, I have times in my life that I'm absolutely understanding of that. That doesn't mean sex is off the table. It just means that's kind of where your brain is. And that might shift within a week for people. And it might shift within a time period or how you're processing about relationships. Um, you know, I think, 
um, you know, I think you have gone through kind of different periods of how you think about things. And I know certainly I have too. I just noticed yours because they're, you know, <laughs> they're what's coming at me and what I'm editing, right? Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I know, I mean, I can think through things. It, it's one, it's funny because I always think with the podcast, when we have these conversations, it's like, I need the day after, after I've thought about things and then have my next perspective on it. Because in the moment, I'm like, I have to process that for a little while, right? And then a day later, I might be in a whole, not a whole different place, but just have a different tweak of a perspective or what about this or whatever. Um, but yeah, it as is. you give more time and thought to it, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, yeah, like you were saying, you have those times where for sex for sex sake, you have those times where you're needing to be able every, every you know, the sexual connection is more, you feel like it's more spiritual or it's more connected or it is more like you are giving yourself to this person, right? Well, there's the three aspects to sex we always need to remember, the mind, body, and the spirit, right? So when you're doing sex for sex sakes, it's just your body. It's your bodies. And when you're, when you have some sort of connection with somebody or it's, uh, or you're entertaining thoughts about people, then it be, or, or there's an intention or purpose behind the sex, like a party or something or an mm -hmm. event or whatever, mm -hmm. then it's your mind and your body. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but the person that you're closest to, the person that you want to um, consider your, you know, your match, your mate, your whatever, I think that we, that we work towards the idea of it being a mind, body, and spiritual experience all at the same time. And that doesn't mean it's that way every time, mm -hmm. but that means that that's what we're working towards. That's the goal is to be mind, body, spirit. And within the realm of a relationship, if that isn't nurtured, that spiritual piece, you know, if that's not attainable or hasn't been met or is, uh, or has been met and then is disregarded as not important anymore mm. or made sacred, then somebody leaves feeling not, not having their needs met mm -hmm. or, uh, there's a sense of regret or loss or something like that, like um, a grieving, a grieving process of some sort. So that's where, that's where it gets really hard. I'd like to, I mean, I want to honor um, sex workers out there. Think about how difficult it must be for a sex worker. Now, you know, we glorify sex workers sometimes just by the idea of, oh my God, it's so easy. They must just mm -hmm. lay back and have sex all the time. And you know, that what, what a life that is, right? Think about all of the, think about all the people that they juggle. Think about all of the emotions and energy that they are dealing with, uh, whether they're open to energy or not. Um, there's an energy exchange that's happening every time somebody new comes for an appointment. Mm -hmm. um, strippers, same thing. I mean, sex work is it's sex work is sex work. Even sex educators sometimes they call themselves sex workers because they're you know they are educating people on sex and it's something that they talk about all of the time. It's an immersion. So um, how much more important is that for there to be a mind body spirit engagement? in a relationship with somebody like a sex worker and can they have relationships and what does that look like to a partner in a relationship? Mm -hmm, right. What so kind when, of when we think about how our, 
our relationships struggle with sex, think about the other side. Mm -hmm. These people who have sex all of the time and struggle with normalcy, who struggle with intimacy, just having friends that don't want something from them, or the idea of their value without getting paid for it, or whatever else, you know, there's just a whole nother side. That's where the mind, body, spirit thing is coming in a disc. It's a disconnect, I think. And it's individual for every person. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to put their, in a sense, their their maybe it's walls maybe it's feelers maybe it's compartmentalization maybe it's being very open but being very aware of you know of how they handle that mm-hmm. because yeah you're right there's a lot of energy and yes there's there's the you know in our relationships with our partners there's that consistency which makes it sometimes really hard when you're challenged but when you've got a new person coming in all the time there's also the fear of being treated not yes, well or violence right. and you know so all of that the safety component yeah. there's no safety there's no consistency there's no i mean you, if there's regular clients you know what to expect from right. a regular client but even so you don't get to watch the outflow of whatever happened, like you don't know what they're coming into an appointment with and you don't know what they're going home to. I, I, you know, I could make it as simple as this. When I worked for Wawa in, you know, back in New Jersey in the day, I was a GM and I would tell all of my employees, put your smile, put your frown in the trash can outside, come in and treat every client, every customer um, like they like they are the only customer in front of you. Give them your undivided three to five minutes of, of attention each and let them go upon their merry way because you don't know if they just put their dog down or mm-hmm. had a fight with their mm-hmm. husband or if they have a teenager who's out of control or maybe they have four top four small children at home or, you know, the, the, you don't know. You just don't know. So right. it's the same thing. But when we have intimacy and we have regularity and we have monotony, the everyday monogamous routines, we know all those things about our partner mm-hmm. right. and we still have to love on them and mm-hmm. we still have to accept them for who they are, what they are, what they think. And we still have to maintain that connection. And that can be really, and that can be a real challenge when you're in different places. Or I want to get back to something you said earlier. Actually, there's a couple things I want to get back to, but one of them was the the talking about the spiritual piece, right? Like the, the relationship being spiritual or the, the sexual act being spiritual. And I, that is one of those things that I think we need to understand what that means in the other person. I had a, a relationship with somebody who that was kind of their statement about sex is every sex act is, act is a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. And that I didn't like on one part of me, I understood what that meant, but I, I think I actually in, in ultimately, and I don't think they understood what that meant because right. what that meant to them was somehow there had to be, I don't, I don't know what to me, it was about connection and being really there and present. Right. And really, but that person wasn't always there for me and they didn't see sex as sex sake was something they didn't understand. And sex is fun. Wasn't something they didn't, they didn't really understand. And so it was a very odd trying to 
trying to live up to this expectation of every sex act is a, it's a spiritual thing, but also the not getting to express myself spiritually because I didn't really have a place in this relationship. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's an it's an interesting thing to kind of talk about and look at your own look at your own beliefs around that. Are your own beliefs around sex is so spiritual that that just it has to be? Is it based on truly how you feel, or is it based on fear and shame because you can't? that's the only box you can put sex in that you find acceptable. Right. You know what I mean? If, if, if sex can't be fun or if sex is shameful or you're not letting your other partner express themselves and we have so much shame in our culture around sex, right? Like the way we're supposed to think about it, quote unquote, that it's an interesting thing to try to understand. I mean, that's where communication with our partners when we get into relationships and continually through, because we change, like we're saying, we change in those mm-hmm. relationships. How do you check in with each other in a way that feels safe and comfortable to express what you need that day, what your kind of general shifting thoughts are, but yeah. being respectful to your relationship, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's... um Gosh, Judy. <sighs> yeah, it's it's hard to th- it's. I'm uh, my brain is going in like twenty different directions right now, so I, <laughs> I apologize because this is this is pretty deep. the The spiritual piece, um, knowing what that means to you, yes, absolutely. You need to, you if you're going to throw out that it's a spiritual thing. You need to identify what spiritual means to you. That's absolutely true because to just throw that word out there and not have the weight and levity behind it. I mean, otherwise it's mind and body. If you really aren't connecting to your sexual space on a spiritual level, like if you have not experienced that level of deep erotic pleasure where you can transcend time and space Mm -hmm. and just be that connected to something outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. If you've never experienced that, then sex is mind and body. It's about the intimacy, respect, safety, trust, and connection. It's not necessarily spiritual. To me, I've gotten to the point where sex is spiritual to me every time because I've learned how to tap into that higher place energy and just let go of everything. Once I engage, my body takes over, my mind blanks out, and I go someplace else. And whatever is going on to me is just pleasure, pure pleasure. That is a spiritual experience where, um, and I, I, I'm not saying that my experience has to be everybody's experience. Obviously, some people don't even don't even like the word spiritual. They don't mm-hmm. even want to associate that there could be some connection to the universe or God or another another world or what energy as a whole. Some people don't even like to subscribe to that idea of thinking. And in that case, I would not say that sex is a spiritual thing. You know, you you kind of have to weigh it out. You've got to figure it out. So for someone like me, um, I'm actually starting to look at my sexuality like is my is my is my soul like my soul level spiritualness? Is it being depleted on a regular basis when I have sex? 
mm-hmm. or is it being added to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is that is where that's where I'm at today. So this is where I'm talking about this evolving thing and things changing. Yes, I did do sex for sex sake. I did sex for exploration first. And then I thought I had the connect, the connection that was going to satisfy me forever. And yes, that connection is very strong. And yes, he knows how to use my body. And yes, he can take me to those spiritual places. However, my mind has now evolved beyond that. My mind has be, has evolved into a place of, is my body for use or is my body a gift? Mm-hmm. Is my body, do I have, do I appreciate the value of my body in a sexual experience or a a sexual way? Or is my body to be valued by others? Or can it be both? Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe it can if you find the right, the right partner, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. Like, and, and, you know, if I, if I really think about it, if I really, really think about it, would I want another person who just thought that sex was a spiritual thing all the time? Mm. <laughs> Would I want to be paired up with somebody like that? We'd be like, we'd turn our house into a temple and only have sex for spiritual reasons. That I don't think like I'd like that pressure. either. Yeah, no, right. No, I, 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 yeah. The, the sex for sex sake, the sex for fun, the yeah. just being present and having you know, playtime, right, right, huge, right, and right. and to have the pressure of every every experience be a spiritual experience. Um, I can speak from experience a little bit on that. That it's 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 a it's a lot to carry, especially when you don't really have a good definition of what that means. But right. it's yeah, it's a lot, and it's and I, I think those are again those are things to know about our partners, but also we know that things are probably going to evolve and mm-hmm. and shift and change and you can't expect that level of you can't expect that level of devout if you think about a nun or a monk or mm-hmm. something like that that's devout to their spirituality uh you I'm sure there are people out there who are completely devout to their sexual pleasure. I'm sure somewhere, some way, there's probably lots of uh, gurus and stuff out there who are, but I often, I wonder like for people that do that, does it diminish any of their personal like, Hmm. are they missing something in any of their relationships because sex, sex can't always be everything. It can't. Uh, right. That's a lot to ask of sex. Um, yeah. Holy no cow! Kidding. How do you how do you get there? Right. Like right. <laughs> a lot to ask of sex. Poor sex. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. That's. Oof. Yeah. I I am with you on the the spiritual piece is great and wonderful and nice. Um. But is it as as like a as like a goal as maybe not even a goal, but hoping to achieve Shangri La someday? Right, sometimes, right? I mean, kind of the, when you think of tantric sex, yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of what we think of, right? And when you're in, you know, when when somebody's you know full on in in tantric sex mode, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're with this person for a really long time, yeah. So you want. 
I, you want it to be like, you kind of want all of it to be there, right? You want it to be fun. You want it to be connected. You want it to be all of those things. And I think your question is an interesting one for people to ask. What is this sexual experience? Is how is this feeding me, right? Right. Um, because maybe there are times when it doesn't feed you incredibly, but is that the standard? Is that the most common? Right. That's not, that's not where we want to be. Is it, is it just your body? Right. Are you is it just out? your mind? <laughs> maybe it's just your mind. Maybe you're just doing it because you think you have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can separate out all three of those. But me personally, right now, I'm trying to mesh the three together mm-hmm. and make it that that is what I strive for regularly is mm-hmm. the mind body spirit connection for the most impact and pleasure for me so let me throw this at you as i'm thinking of of questions that might come up from that exact conversation and that mindset is how then does role playing or how does a BDSM experience that maybe is sexual or BDSM spirit experience that is not sexual, right? Like in the having sex. Well, I just, yeah, I just went to a party this weekend and while I was there, it was a BDSM party and the, um, the Dom, Dom brought two subs with him and Both of those subs were naked at various times during the party and uh, one of them he seened with downstairs and that was um, seening means play like they they talked about what they were going to do they brought their equipment and it was not necessarily um, scripted but they had a plan of what was going to happen so um, he did shibari on her tied her beautifully um, and tied her arms up and so she was completely naked and exposed and then he broke out needles and he did some needle play with her in the lips of her vagina of uh, her vulva, lips of her vulva, her exterior lips. And um, she was all into it. She was total, totally a masochist. So she really enjoyed the pains. I Total consensual, absolutely um, no questions about her enjoying what was happening. And then he had a small whip and he used a whip on her. And there was no sex that mm-hmm. happened. It was but it was playful between the two of them. So in that that scenario, mm -hmm. in that scenario, it's not sex for sex sake. Mm -hmm. That's a very intimate exchange. I would say that's mind body. And she probably went to a spiritual place Mm -hmm. with the pain, right? That would be, that would be my guess. Yeah. And the, the trust that you have in that other person. Right, you are tied up and exposed and naked, and somebody's standing in front of you with needles. There's like nine people standing there around watching the scene, and you know, everybody's just kind of enjoying the the view and the interchange, the play that's between the two of them. Them talking to each other, the you know, he he would kiss her in, in between. It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful scene. There was, and then. Later on, we we took another sub who was there, and 
strung him from a doorway and made him into a human pinata for <laughs> Halloween and for her birthday. So that was totally a mind game. That wasn't sex at all. That was all about switching a childhood game to an adult, a very adult game. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he also likes the attention and being the center of attention and, um, and making his mistress proud and stuff like that by doing these fun things. Um, you know, that, that's engaging just a different, I'd say that was a total mind. That was, I, obviously his body was involved, but mm -hmm. that was totally in the mind and he didn't get him, but it was in service. So mm -hmm. there's, there's definitely a connectivity there, you know, again, consent, you, you don't get all chained up and wrapped up in all kinds of leather and then hung from a doorway without knowing what you're getting into I mean, right. for himself. His mind was very engaged. I'm guessing that would be. Would and sense. that experience for him and for her, I'm betting if they did those that, you know, five times with the same person, just to make it a easy thing here. The first time, maybe not so spiritual pretend. I mean, it's always too. What does the person want out of it? What are they doing it for, right? Maybe a different effect the first time where now right. the fifth time the world falls away. And it's just, it's just that connection yeah. between that person. And if it was done in private, for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. The having nine people watching you is a little bit of a, that's a brave, that's a brave person right there. Yeah. Yeah, she was. <laughs> kudos to her for sure and yeah. I yeah well because the last we had a conversation just recently where we were talking about sex with your ex and you oh, were yeah. <laughs> you surprised me that day quite a bit by I being did, very, huh? very intense about that which and I think I my guess is that again if we had the same conversation you and I had the same conversation on different days we would probably respond differently yeah. You no. Know, so, you know, because like you're talking about sex for sex sake. Well, can you have, can you have a friend with benefits? Can you have a person who isn't necessarily a friend, but there is definitely benefits involved? And is that okay or acceptable? Or can you even do that? I mean, I think like you said, there's, is that, you know, we talked about this, is it, is it even doable? And I think for people, we need to examine that in ourselves. Where are we at? Can we do this? And being really honest yeah. with ourselves about where we're at. And if not, that's okay. I don't think people have to be to just have sex with a person and that's all there has to be. No. You know? Right, um, right. I don't it's think not that's a, a, It's not a bucket list thing. It's not like right. you know, an achievement you have to get to by any means. No. Right. And there's a lot of pieces around that. There are people who have sex with people, you know, when I think of like some of the college kids that I've, I've talked to and, and where it's just like, they're just, they just need to have sex. They need to have sex for sex sake in their mind. And so they drink mm -hmm. so that their inhibitions mm -hmm. go down mm -hmm. so that they can do this with this person they don't even care about. And then they can say that they've done it. Right. That's one whole thing. Yeah. And that's always mm -hmm. so sad. I had one of my professors in college would always tell the girls, how many of you would, how many of you have had sex without being drunk? And there were a share of people who had never had sex without being drunk. And mm. she's like, oh my God, you got to try it. You guys, it's amazing. <laughs> that's funny. That's it's, really great. It's, it's, um, 
it is one of those things that I, I feel sad for people, for the pressure that gets put on people in their relationships, outside their relationships before, you know, when you feel like you have to attain this thing um, just to be sexually active instead of getting to do it on your terms, like you're kind of doing it on your terms, but it's, it's terms that you're forcing yourself to do just to get it quote unquote over with. And I, it's a way, it's a thing you can do. It's just a, it, it can be such a, a bummer and I get it at the same time. I totally get, I totally get that. Yeah. You know? Right. So. It's, yeah. And you know, you made a good point when we were uh, getting ready to record, you were saying how we as women have are evolving and growing and how our, from, from our very first episode to where we are now at our 50th or 51st or 52nd, I'm losing track. Somewhere around there. But yeah. <laughs> that's, it's quite a testament of time. It's a testament of time. And that's a, that's a year that we've been, you know, 52 weeks, if you wanted to put it that way. And then we took the break in the middle. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how over time some views may change or morph or um, as our relationships change. I mean, both of us have had significant changes in our life over this probably helped mold our picture of how sex matters to each of us. So mm-hmm. that's, um, I just want to acknowledge that in people because the people who listen, not everybody's going to vibe with us where we are, but hopefully at some point in their life, if they are in a place where they can think back and say, oh yeah, you know, even, even the sex matters chicks, you know, their, their views on things can change. You know, it's not like it's set in stone. It's not a, a hard and fast thing. It's so individual. It's so authentic to each person and their values and their life experiences. So, um, yeah, but I still encourage people to get fucked. That's all. I mean, like do it if you can ever just do it so that you can keep your, keep your sexuality in tune. It's like giving a tune up to a car, you know, tr- try not to shut it off completely unless it's for a reason, unless you're like taking a month fast or something to break an addiction, or you really want to think about what it means to you. So you take some time off between relationships or something like that. That's, that's great with purpose, but really try to keep yourself sexually engaged because otherwise it's hard to come back from stalemate from that place where you just don't, it doesn't take long and then you don't need it anymore. And then it's hard to climb back on the horse and get Everybody that rolling again. So especially in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, my gosh, especially in relationships in just that, keep that connection, keep that conversation. How do you do that in examining that in a way that, that you can both feel good and safe about because it is a very challenging conversation. I know I interviewed some people on my other podcast about diabetes and sex. They wrote this amazing book about diabetes and sex. And it's one of those things that in relationships, for instance, as you know, there's, there's changes that we go through because we evolve and we think and we, and we feel different this day, or like you say, we have kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then there's, there's the you know things like say diabetes and your body shifts and then Mm -hmm. there's embarrassment around that or there is shame around that or there's feeling not worthy or there's worried about how the other partner's going to take it and having patience on both sides of patience with yourself to be able to communicate that and find a way to communicate that and if you're on the you know the, the partner to be able to 
listen and and try to put yourself in their shoes about how if you're feeling frustrated how they might be feeling frustrated and if that hasn't been communicated how can you find a way to help communicate that to each other and that's a whole nother podcast but it is still something to think about when we talk about shifts and changes because medication you know I was listening to a story of a woman who was like I'm on this particular medication and so this pandemic came at the perfect time because my sex drive is gone and I don't have to worry about it I don't have to feel pressured right now and I'm not with anybody so it's you know it's kind of like those types of medications and things like that can do so much in how we're thinking and processing. And that doesn't mean that, you know, that's how do you be aware and come to a place of agreement with your other partner where you're both happy. You're both still okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yep. And then, you know, if you're in one of those places, we just, we did do a series of and communication and stuff like that uh, a ways back. I don't remember what episodes they are. We can probably put that in the notes. But Mm -hmm. if you haven't listened from the beginning through and you're just picking up this episode now, there's lots and lots of information and and, um, communication tips and stuff around sexual um, unbalances and how you have those kind of hard conversations with people and stuff like that. We've talked about that in the past, Mm -hmm. but... I need to go back and listen to them myself. Yeah. So. Well, and it's always good reminders, right? It's yeah. like sex church. It's not so bad to rebrief. <laughs> sex <again>. church. Oh, <laughs> <my God. laughs> oh boy, spirituality. There you go. Absolutely. I always thought that some 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 uh, previous life of mine, I was probably some temple prostitute. That's nice. That's yeah. sexy as fuck. Holy cow. That would be that they that some of the countries do where the women are there as um, they're like it's like an offering to the to the gods for them to be there and I think there's still some cultures that do that. I was just reading an article I don't remember where it was, but um, where the women hang there at the temple and the men come to pray or meditate or whatever and having sex is part of the meditation and it's it's an offering to god so i mean that's that's pretty intense and and sounds really really raw and wild i'd love to know what the um what the preparation is for a temple conduit like what do they have to do to prepare Mm. to be fit for a ritual for giving an offering to god in a Mm -hmm. temple i mean that's like that's like intense off the charts stuff. And that, that would be really fascinating. It would be. So I agree. And I, yeah, well, and I know I have heard. I have to figure out where that was. That would be good. We should go visit and get some jobs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I know I have heard where. That's a yeah field trip after COVID is over. Of course, maybe it's safer there. Who knows? Um, I, you know, I've heard in the past where, um, and I don't remember where this fits in my knowledge base to bring up any space or time frame, but where sometimes the, the people who are in those positions are treated amazingly well and with, you know, beautifully, mm-hmm. and then other times not so well at all. And they're treated more like they are there to be used as opposed to be appreciated so it's yeah be careful which temple you're working in or 
whatever That's place. That's right. So it's interesting. So that was, uh, that was some stuff to think about. It's always good to touch in around that intellectual piece of identifying with where sex is falling into your life. Um, I, I just really do want to encourage people to think about it because awareness is key to enlightened sexual pleasure. So knowing where your intention is coming from, if it's from your mind, your body, or your spirit, or if you're, or if you can, after a connection, you can journal what your feelings were around that connection. You know, was it body? Was it mind? Was it mind, body, spirit? Was it a combination? That might be a really good way to kind of quantify the relationship, which also is always a problem, a lot it's a problem for a lot of people. Like, is it a friends with benefits? Do, do I have feelings for this person? Is, are we on the same page? Can we achieve this kind of thing over time? You know, that mm -hmm. sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of a good, good measuring stick, I think for journaling or for self-awareness and stuff. Yeah. Very nice. I don't know. So like yeah. That. Good stuff. Lots good. to think yeah. about. Lots to think about. So let's see this week. Uh, I am, I'm just doing my normal thing all over social media. You can find me all over the place and my website, www.patriciaengelking.com. If you'd like to talk to me specifically about coaching, you can fill out my contact form and give me a little blurb about what's going on and I can get back to you. Uh, to set up a Zoom call or something along those lines. Do you do like a uh, otherwise call? Uh, my books? I do, I do. Yeah, okay. I do a discovery call. It's like a thirty minute. Usually, it ends up being much more than that because I need more information. It takes <laughs> right. a little while to get people comfortable enough to dive right into the skivvies, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the first call is is pretty much just asking questions, and then we go from there. But um, yeah, so there's that. And then I have my books, of course, Crossing the River Called Suffering and Embrace Your Sexual Energy. Um, both of those are available on Amazon and Kindle. And please use the link through sexmatterspodcast.com uh, to cute. access that Amazon uh, shopping cart so that we get a little kickback here on the podcast to um to apply to things so yes. that's all i have going right now i think yeah and you can find me uh on my other podcast my wellness podcast called wellness renaissance which is on itunes and should be everywhere else for the most part anyway and uh you can also find it at wellnessrenpodcast.com and a lot of different topics we uh i've got one coming up i'm not sure when it's going to come out i talked to a couple people about talking to kids and porn mostly mm. um yeah kind of just a a it's all over how do we what do we do with this not not a, in a judgmental way but just here's the facts and how do we talk to our kids and you know so you really need to dial me in on some of these conversations it would be amazing to be a third <laughs> i know no i know it it's yeah you're I'm, having some really great sex conversations even on your friend <laughs> Uh, I feel left out. Oh, Thank I don't mean goodness. to make you feel left out. No, yes. it's okay. I know you've got both things going. <laughs> They're great uh, topics. Great topics. And I'm sure they're great guests. So Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Well, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, trying to normalize things just on the wellness level, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just so we are thinking about these things there they come up every day. That's why this podcast exists, right? Because mm -hmm. sex matters. Mm -hmm. 
but it, it also it matters in our health and our wellness and it's yeah it's like that bridging of you know yeah, the two right yeah I mean this conversation is perfect for that and our mental health and our relationship health and our our space and our mind about our relationship so they they cross connect mm-hmm. so much in yeah. my mind that's um, amazing so yeah yeah so and then there Anybody wants to support the podcast, they can go to our Patreon page. Uh, that'll be in a link down below uh, the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And you can donate um, monthly or make a one-time gift. You just cancel your subscription after whatever, although we'd love for you to be a monthly subscriber. Uh, eventually in the future, we're going to have some walls for some private uh, extra content. Judy and I just have to get in the same hemisphere to make that happen so (laughs) you know it's one of the things there's a lot like there's a lot to sort of do in yeah pieces and getting all of the things to fit together it's Mm -hmm. and you know and then there's that life life thing that also a lot of things are happening around and you're trying to balance all of the pieces and make it all work and yeah the if I could spend all uh, you know hey if my life I'm spending all my time on the Sex Matters podcast futuristically. I am totally down with that. <laughs> not break my heart. So. Oh boy, you're funny. That would be just that would be fun. Well, yeah, I think that does it for that one. Yeah, this has been fun. Good conversation. We started off today where we didn't quite know where we were going to go, but yeah. I think we went in a really good place that felt good to both of us. So, so thank you all yeah, for listening. I, I do have another. S- yeah, and I have an, another suggestion for a future show. Yeah, uh, talking about gangbang psychology. Ooh, gangbang psychology. That sounds very intense. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot of good that's, stuff. Uh, that's ahead. something I've been looking at lately. So okay. yeah, we got to add it to the list. Adding it. And we'd that. love suggestions from the audience as well. You know, yes. any of you listeners, if there's something you'd like to hear about, you'd like to hear what we have to say about it, what we think. Um, you don't even necessarily have to have a problem or an issue or a question. If you just want to throw something out there, like try this girls and uh, see what we come up with that we're up for a challenge. We'd be happy to do that. So um, yeah. And to the listener who didn't say if I could say their name or not, so I won't to, to send in the, the question about ball gigs. That's, that's perfect. That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yes. it's, it's, It's fun. It's fun when we know we're, we always know we're talking to people, but it's That's fun good. when we have those like quick, I listened to your podcast today and question, question, question. So yeah. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Yeah, dot, dot. you never know. <laughs> All righty. Well, until next time, 